What's happening? Welcome to the first season of Apples and Snakes, the podcast. I'm your host, Yomi Shode. And this season, we will be focusing on what it means to be black, British and a poet or spoken word artist. If you're interested in getting a greater insight into the journeys of some of your faves, then join us and keep listening. Saying that, if you do like what you're hearing, remember to subscribe wherever you would usually listen to your podcast and rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Today, I'm talking to Ni Ayikwe Parks and Caleb Femi. We'll be exploring the world of publishing and how it impacts black British creatives. Hope you enjoy. I know I did. Hey, what is happening? Um, 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 you know, I, 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 I pretty much spoke to the good folks um, that, that kindly suggested me to do this. I'm like, nah, this isn't a podcast and stuff. I'm happy to just listen to this gig and everything. Me being part of it. I'm like, nah, I've never put myself in a position to be here. And yet, here I am. Do you know what I mean? Here I am. I know I know for the most part, Caleb's like, yeah, I can just hear you on a podcast. I'm like, nah, bruv, stop talking your nonsense <laughs> to say how it's going to be. But here I am, here I am, here I am. And, and the thing is, it's, it's a pleasure to to be speaking to the breadth of of artists that I'm going to be talking to for the best part of this series and how better to start than to kick off with talking to two people that I feel in the weirdest way have been a part of either part of my journey or or witnessed my journey to some degree right um and even more weird if I put this in relation to um, to the arts, um, Caleb, Nee, it's a pleasure to be speaking to you on this cold, cold day, bro. I'm freezing. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm talking. About. I'm cold. Listen, we're gonna we're gonna get into it, but I think even before I even ask to for you to introduce yourselves, I think I I just want to make some more sense in regards to what I'm saying. I feel like. Early doors when I was when I was entering the open mic, Nia, I know that I saw you on nights like Poetry in Motion, yeah. and I'm waiting. And them nights were long nights, bro, for my name to be kind of called, and you will call me on, and you will hear me. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like you've you've been in that journey from that point, yeah. Caleb. You've been about from from MC and you know, when I was DJing, <laughs> when I was I was DJing at Rockingham in, yeah. in Elephant Castle. Do you know what I mean? And and in that exchange of just seeing me DJ of Aaron hearing me MC and then witnessing you MCing and what have you as well, as well as within youth work and working mm-hmm. with young people. You've you've literally been witnessing my journey since I was like what 16, 17 years old. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And this is what and this is why this is special for me right now in talking to both of you as established authors. <laughs> Are you mad? <laughs> and and actually just looking a bit deeper into that and, and dipping a bit back into that past and looking in the present and looking in the future and as a full circle. And I'm just wanting to just kick off and just saying thank you for just being very present and still being very present in 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 my life and and now like for the most part knowing in the life of many other people so that's how I want to kick this off <laughs> with the vibes do you know what I mean um 
Next, I just just I would like if if it's possible, do you mind introducing yourself? Now, um, you did it though. You <laughs> just did a sweet intro. This is how I know like <laughs> your <laughs> levels on like <laughs> being able to just do this is amazing, fam. That was talent there. And then now you want <laughs> you want to show us up even more by setting the standards so high. And then you're like, oh, yeah, now you have a go. No, we this, won't. This, You've done it, bro. <laughs> stop your noise. <laughs> Caleb Fermi, do you mind introducing yourself for the masses and for the folks that don't know who you are? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> just, 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 uh, hello, hello, everyone. My name is Caleb Fermi, and I am a writer and filmmaker in general. <laughs> <laughs> just like that. Hey, um, me, Mr. Nia Yikwe Parks, do you mind just telling the massive who you are? And yeah, this, yeah, yeah, all the stuff. Uh, so I'm Nia Ikwe Parks, and uh, I am a dreamer. That would summarize everything that I do. So amongst those things, I am a writer, an editor, producer, curator, done some radio stuff. Yeah. Um, and I like babies, and I'm from Ghana. <laughs> <laughs> um, congratulations are in order um, in two ways first off I believe it's Flip Ties 20th anniversary this year yes indeed. oh wow congratulations that's that is incredible mm. absolutely absolutely incredible um, and we're going to get more into Flip Tie because I'm curious like I want to ask someone to know more about Flip Tie um, congratulations are in order Mr. Caleb Femi shortlisted Rathbone Folio Prize. Appreciate it. Yes, 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 yes. yes. 2020. Where are the horns now? Where are the horns? Where are the horns? Listen, I should have... Listen, listen. Got the horns. Listen, I mean, I am blessed to be in a studio here. Do you know, like Drew's here, engineering and just doing this thing. I'm, I feel like I'm surrounded by royalty in this whole situation. We've got Natalie Fia, who's the producer, doing the Doug Fizzle. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> everything in this congratulations and everything is needs celebrating and and Rathbone Folio Prize 2020 shortlister it's it's incredible it's incredible it's incredible and yeah yo listen I, I want to know why you're shortlisted out in these streets do you know what I mean so <laughs> do you mind just reading a poem and just kind of just 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 giving these people just that's just seasoning here huh? to, to just if they have not experienced it already yeah, okay. Cool. Um, I'm going to read this poem. It's called Honey Trap and Little Boy. What do you know about mercy? The little boy from the ends know it be the last thing you plead when dust settles. What do you know about this story? The full of it. When the single cloud was moving at the pace of wisdom, they called Tasha a set-up chick. But the truth was that the little boy was an arrogant fool. We would need a new set of images to map out what happened. Off ends, caught slipping, six ops. But first, tell me what you know about Reebok classics, Dipset, Sovereign Rings, Aquamasters, Flexing. This has nothing to do with nostalgia, but to access the story, you must take yourself back to the last time you heard a scream that didn't signal rain. Out the belly of the little boy, blue with running, with shiny rubber limbs, playing little boy games, 
the hands of his laughing scream, feeling the walls the way bats converse with the dark world. You know them way there. When the afternoon carried one atomic intent, horny little boy playing horny little games, baking in laughter like he'd be the first to be horny in history, forgetting how he came to be born. You know them way there. Dashing around the estate, trying not to get seen by them eyes that love to snitch. Anyway, the story started with a text. Tasha's your cuz. She's Peng. Give me her number. And maybe Tasha was Peng. Or maybe her skin was just light like she was plated in gold. Little boy trying to get up in her panties. Ain't got a clue what to do if he got up in them panties. You know them way there. Yeah, I, I, need, I need haunts. I feel like I need haunts. This is this is the situation I need haunts. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful reading. Um I'm so proud. I'm so so proud of you, man. Thank um, you, man. And and just the, the the shift in this landscape and all the stuff. I feel the time that we've been provided here to talk is not enough. <laughs> and it, and also it's so good just to just to talk to both of you like especially within these times that we're living at the moment because it just feels really refreshing to just mm. like break out of this new normal and just do this and just rap and just <clears> talk <throat> and just catch up. Um, I love that poem, you know. Uh, thank you. And poem sick. There's another thing that I love about it, which is actually reflected in all the book, which is to say that you hint at things and don't name them. And you have this line in one of the poems, like things with names deserve deliverance. Mm. Right. And for me, that's a metaphor for even the title. It's like poor, they're poor people, mm. they're black people, they're poor, they're brown, whatever. It's like they don't have individual names. Right. Mm. Um, and it reminds me of James Baldwin's, um, the title of one of his books, No Name in the Street, mm. which is, again, that thing is, you know, the title tells you we step out in the street and we're no longer individual. It's like mm. you're a thing. You're a, you're, a, you're a threat. You're a black boy. You're you're a menace, you're a rhythm, you're a fashion. Mm. You know, we become these things without names. And, mm. and I, I think that's really beautiful um, about, you know, somebody thinking that they're the first person to, to feel horny and, you know, all of that <laughs> stuff. And, 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 and just the, the, the not articulating it gives it so much more weight. It's like there's this ballast beneath the surface. And, mm. um, yeah, I really love that energy in the entire book. You know, and sure. I mean, I, I, to, I mean, I think I told you like the photography is is mad, like how it has its own narrative and it fits in with 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 the work. Really beautiful. There's some killer lines in there. Let's not go into that. Let Yomi do his thing. So, I've done my my, my so, penance for that. Um, life 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 before publishing, right? Yeah. Um, for both of you, life before publishing was this always the aim? Like even within we considering open mics or I don't even know your journey, so to speak, into poetry. But did you ever think, yeah, man, I'm going to have a book. Um, I'm definitely going to have a book at some point in my life. You know, like, um, yeah, can we talk on that for a bit? Because I know that like even when I was in, I remember secondary school, I remember the anthologies. I remember reading up on these poems, but I never necessarily thought this would be the art form that I would enter. Um, 
And thinking back now, I'm thinking, why didn't I think that this would be the world I would enter type thing? Why didn't I think that I would have it in me to write this? Um, shared thought, what was you, where were you? Do you remember that point? Was it always the aim of you for, to publish? How, how did you feel? Uh, I think I'll let Caleb go with that one first, man. Um, <laughs> do you know what? I didn't, I didn't think, I don't know. Sometimes there's a thing when you are in, engrossed in like a particular art form and you're doing it with um, a sort of short-sightedness that provides freedom. Some Later on, it might be identified as naivety, but to me, it felt quite free that I was just writing for my own sake and developing my craft for my yeah for my own sake it 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 wasn't necessarily to be able to write a collection or to be able to um i don't know like be considered for prizes or anything i think it was just to be a better writer mm -hmm. um and that was enough for me I remember a, a, there's a line that uh, Nee dropped the first time I met him, and that line has dictated how I write poetry henceforth. Um, and uh, it said basically the the line, each line of a poem should uh, be on within itself uh, mm -hmm. worth its own merits worth its mm. own meter it should it should stand on its own as well as be part of the, of the ensemble of the poem it should be able to be a poem unto itself um and it's just stuff like that that just opened up doorways for me to learn how to express myself better um that i kind of was in it for do you know what i mean i don't think we ever talked about like you know in the grand scheme of poetry discussions Yomi you and I, I don't mm. I think it was much more later on that we just we started talking about collections Thanks. and things like that but it was always just about writing and, mm. and the the sort of enjoyment of that mm -hmm. yeah and I think it's it, even on top of that I'm like if if we're just talking about poems, but we're not talking about books, again, is that something that is a certain conditioning and a mindset? Yeah. Um, that we can, again, like, Nee, you can probably attest to this or in some way, shape or form in terms of, like, what's the broader picture as opposed to just thinking about, um, um, oh, I can't wait to rock this open mic next, like, with this next poem that I've got. Like, it's going to just, if you thought that one was a banger, fam, wait for this one when 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 the people hear this one there's gonna i remember like i was watching an interview gets um grandma and he was talking about one of the one of the biggest mistakes that he felt the grime scene made mm. was they focused too much time on the radio being mcs as opposed to actually focusing on making music and and releasing albums but there was so much energy in the in what to, could be the parallels of an open mic in terms of touching the radio every single week or whatever it is with the new 16s and whatever it is as opposed to just saying all right let me actually craft a project and let me push that project out and to some degree was arguing that this might be why some people might consider the decline in grime as a community or in terms of something that they're all saying grime is dead but anyway that's another thing. But in, in that, Nee, what are your what are your thoughts in regards to that? Um, I'd say, like, 
I don't think a book came into my mind until later, but I mean, it did come in at some point, I think. So my journey with poetry is, 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 is also to do with mastering myself as a human being. So I used to have like the worst temper, you know, I would grab anything to like strike my brother, you know, or anybody that crossed me. Mm. And my dad was like, you need to get a handle on this thing. So I used to be in fights in school all the time. So my dad said to me, um, so we're going to make a deal. Um, if someone annoys you and you want to hit them, I want you to, to stop. I want you to count to 10. I want you to write something down about it. And if you still want to hit them, you have my full support. So <laughs> that's how I started writing stuff. And at some point I showed this stuff to my dad. I must've been about nine. And he says, Oh, you're writing poetry. So it was the first time I had a name for it. Mm. But beyond that, it's just about, yeah, it just became, I, I really enjoyed playing with the words and expressing and, and playing with the languages that I had. So I grew up bilingual. I was born in England, but my parents raised me speaking Ga. So I always had, and so there's always like these jokes that come between what something sounds like um, in one language, right? Um, <clears throat> you know, versus the other and stuff like that. So you get mm. lots of wordplay and, and that's basically how it began. I started to keep stuff, but it was never like I am going to publish. Actually in secondary school, it became a thing of this boy can drop lines. So we will pay him to write love letters for us. That kind of thing, <laughs> right? So I made a lot, of, I probably made more money from writing in them days than I have since. <laughs> because yeah, so I, I wrote love letters for people. So it was, yeah, it was, probably like what Caleb's saying it's about the refinement of the ability to express yourself. That's mm. what it was. And, and then I, I wrote songs, you know, um, just little songs that I would, you know, sing to myself and my older brother and I would just mess about. So if anything, if I thought I was going to do anything creative, it was probably more thinking that I was going to write songs. Um, and I, it's weird because when I was offered a record deal, I just, just was like, mm, I don't know if this is right for me. So mm. I had to confront it to know that that wasn't the thing. Mm. And then, and then the, the whole book thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I taught, I did spoken word, I did, you know, CDs, that whole thing. But yeah, the book was not the thing until I think the opportunity came to record. And I'm like, you know what? I, I want to do a book. Mm, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't feel like this is, especially the, the angle at which the conversation came. I just realized that this industry could drag you into a place where you don't want to be. Mm, and that's when mm, I really realized mm, that I, I wanted to express myself in my own way. And that timing and that the industry was not right for it. So that's yeah. how the book came along. Music, oddly, is something that has traveled with all of us. My last set, my last set was in 2013 at Wireless Festival I got booked via Live Nation to to do Wireless. Mm. It was the biggest gig to date as a with the band. And a week after that gig, I said I'm I'm not making music no more. I stopped making music. And they looked at me like they wanted. Listen, if if <laughs> if looks could kill, yeah, they looked at me like, have you lost your mind? Like we've just we've just bagged like a really good gig. Like it's, it's only going to get better from, mm. from this point. But oddly enough, I felt like I was letting my writing down. I felt like I was like really simplifying my writing to make it fit to song, you know? And I wanted, I wanted better for, for my writing. I wanted to kind of craft a bit more and learn a bit more. So I stripped it completely. Mm. And 
I haven't looked back. I miss mu- I miss making music. I mm. totally miss making music. But it was so formulaic for me that I felt like did I needed to do more mm. in terms of just this, this this and then there wasn't there was a there was just this intrigue to just write more and write better and not write songs, so to speak. But so it's it's good to hear your relationship with music. And um, Caleb, I know that you definitely made songs as well. Like, you know, like the release of Slog was 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 insane. I still have it on my playlist. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's a vibe and we're gonna get into visuals in a minute. And speaking on journeys, Flip Tie, 20th anniversary. How if you could summarize that in terms of how it came to being and how do you know, like the the on socials when they have the two the, the split screens, um, <laughs> how how what was it? How it started? How it's going? Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's if you could, <laughs> if you could split, if you could split screen that type thing, if you could summarize that in a how it started and how it's going, um, <laughs> how how could you? Yeah, yeah, go for it, man. So, I mean, <laughs> I think Flip Tie started like a lot of things in my life. And I, and I think it's, it's to do with, you know, the kind of upbringing you generally get in West African households. It's like, if there's a problem, why are you coming back to me? Go and solve it type of thing, mm-hmm. right? So, um, I was on the scene. I, I, I could see that the people whose work I appreciated didn't have books and stuff. So, I, I thought, you know what, let me start a magazine. Started the mm-hmm. magazine. Um, we were doing interviews, publishing poems, short stories. I mean, so like I got Inno Ellums to interview Saul Williams because I knew he really admired him, you know, so for one issue, that type of thing. So, but magazines take a lot of work. Um, mm. And so in the end, I was just like, you know, I can't keep doing it. But there were a couple of people who had more work and I'm like, oh, let me try and do a collection. Um, and it, I think as much as I, I say I walked away from music, I'm inspired by music a lot. The music industry has a kind of model in which people can start small labels and stuff like that. They don't feel like they have to, you know, have a huge amount of stuff to start. And that was the energy. I was like, okay, we're going to start this. We're going to sell books at gigs, just like they sell music at gigs, right? Um, And much of flip tie sales in the first five years, probably just gigs. We would do gigs and we would sell books. And sometimes I'd meet other publishers and tell them how many books we sold at a gig. They'll be like, really? That's not possible. (laughs) But we were doing that because Mm. we were working with people who were comfortable kind of, you know, um, sharing their work in public and and engaging and not trying to be um, obscure Mm. and stuff like that. So I think there's there's an element of the aesthetic. But as to get into 20 years, it just kind of happened. I I blinked and I was there. Bro, you can't just say, how do you just (laughs) say, can it just happen? So around 2008... I was, yeah. I was exhausted yeah, and I yeah. was about to quit, but there were two people that I had edited that I felt like these people have some amazing. And so I'm just going to reach out. I'm just going to be like, yo, do you feel like editing poetry? So that was Jacob Samuel Rose and Nala Sullivan. Mm. And I just said to them, guys, if you want to edit poetry, whatever, um, I'll, I'll work something out. We'll pay for some training mm. and, and I, you know, we'll mentor through the process and, and yeah, so if those guys hadn't come on board, I probably would have quit around wow. there. Wow. Because, wow. because wow. the work becomes a lot. The thing that's really heartbreaking, and um, it always makes me cry when I talk about it, 
is when you start something like flip tie, yeah. the manuscripts are coming in and you can't work on all of them. Mm. And you can see that there are people sending you manuscripts because the industry has ignored them for so long that this is the only place they can send it. And you're having to say no to people who you think are good. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. Like mm. that was the thing that was breaking me. I was like, do you know what? I need to step back. I need to find other ways of structuring. And um, yeah, and them coming on board was great. And yeah, I mean, now, now edited um, Janet Plummer. Um, her, her pamphlet was the first full book he edited. First thing we edited was a, an anthology called Flight, mm. Mm. Um, which was Spread the Word. We did with Spread the Word. And that was part of the training for Jacob Red Nile. And even from that, you know, like the people that have come out of that, um, or that anthology, you know, mm. um, like Dean Atta and uh, um, Irene Osen, um, mm. you know, just like to have, that was the first project that they worked on. And yeah. then the first book now edited was, was Janet Plummer's Life Marks, which is, is fire. It's now in, in the, you know, Mark Mark Book of Poetry. And the first book that Jacob edited was Watson Shearer's teaching my mother how to give birth. Which was the first awesome. flip tide book that I read. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Actually, yeah, it was yeah, mine yeah. as well. Yeah. Honestly, so, it was mine as well, to be fair. So wow. Watson's book was the last in the Mouth Mark series, which, you know, I started specifically because I'm like, I'm going to work with people who are doing stuff on stage. Maybe they might be nervous about how do I get this on the page. Mm. Some people needed a bit more time than others. And the first person I worked with on that series was Nick Makoha. Mm. And Nick will tell you the number of coffees we had just sitting down and be like, <laughs> what are you trying to do? Mm. Because we are not putting this book out. If I'm going to tell you what you're doing, you need to understand what you want to do. And mm. that is the journey. I think also that is behind our success in, in unearthing new talent, because we want to, yeah. we want to know what you want to do. <laughs> We're not going to tell you this. I mean, you can make, like I just said at the beginning, you know, when we were talking, you can make tidy poems. That's cool. Mm -hmm. But somebody has to know how they're coming. Mm. You know, you, you, can't, you can't go into a boxing ring copying somebody else's left hook. Mm. You've got to come with your own energy, your own stance, right? So mm. that's, and yeah, that's, that's it. Um, and we've, we've made it 20 years just by being unorthodox. There's a few things you're raising from there as well in terms of like, you know, like, Big up Nala Sullivan as well. Um, definitely, definitely. I haven't had the pleasure of just meeting now, like face to face. We've had interactions online, but it hasn't. So I look forward to that day. But I, but in, I raise that because even hearing you talk, you're mentioning Niall, you're, me you're mentioning Jacob, you're mentioning Nick. And this, this support bubble for the most part that are kind of like, um, but like by your side in your own yeah. journey. Um, Caleb, in regards to poor, patience <laughs> has been... <laughs> <laughs> the key word. Patience has been the key word, my bro. Yeah. Like, so much so that you're like, listen, let me just release some music while I wait. Do you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> let, me just... <laughs> let me just release some music while I wait. And in a way, I live, I'm living vicariously between yourself and me to a certain degree because I look forward to the day that my collection is published mm -hmm. but I what I am not looking forward to yeah. is this wait rude yeah. boy yeah. I'm like how long am I waiting for this thing to come out <laughs> timing is everything so 
taking from knee in regards to the support system, yeah, and also taking from knee the amount of people that are submitting manuscripts because there's just no no one else is taking manuscripts because it's which is something I'm going to get onto later. How, what were your thoughts in regards to just how poor would be taken, and what the journey of poor as a whole? Like how how what was that? What was that like for you? Like. I don't think we ever touched on it, touched on it, to be fair. Like, I don't, I don't know, man. Uh, Paul, Paul took a long time, as, as you know, uh, most, a lot of people know. It took a long time to come out for one reason or the other. It took about two, it was delayed by two years, which in hindsight, I'm actually quite happy about. Maybe not two years. Maybe that was just an, a year that I thought it was going to come out. And then it, it, I thought it would come out in 2019. And then it didn't, and it came out in at the end of 2020. So kind of like two years, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. in that way. But um, it, I think it was frustrating because there's an anxiety that gets built up. Mm. Um, you know, like you don't know what to expect. It's a new process for you. You don't know that. You like there was times where I doubted myself. Like, oh, maybe it's the reason why it's being delayed is because you know it's not. It's not you know, where it's supposed to be, or maybe mm. just the universe is just conspiring to make sure that like this doesn't happen. <laughs> Try um, to let the black man <laughs> exactly <laughs> Try to shut us down. What are you uh, mad? Um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was an exercise in patience for sure and, and understanding that yeah the work that we make shouldn't feel like it's uh, time sensitive anyway. The work yeah. that we make should feel timeless and should feel like when, whenever it comes out, it's still supposed to, you know, have a particular like effect um, yeah. on on readers, regardless, you know. Uh, so, so yeah, it, support wise, I guess it was just speaking to people and and people maintaining their anticipation and their excitement, even when mm. that had died within me. That was something mm. that really helped keep me going wow. that way. Wow. Reading other people's work, people who had work like come out that I thought was like super exciting was also like a thing that sort of allowed me to, uh, and, I was, and I'll be frank, there was times where like a certain, I would read a book that had just come out, a collection and I, and I actually was, and I would be like, oh, I'm actually glad that this has come out and mine yeah. hasn't come out because if mine, if if I had a collection out, I I, I would feel a little, I would have to like for example when this collection came out, um, I couldn't read everything. You know, I, yeah. I could only read a limited amount of like collections. I think I I only read um, I read Inuas, I read Knees, I read um, Sean Hewitt's, um, and like two others. Because, it, but usually I would read everything that has come out. Mm. I want to know. Um, so yeah, in in a way, it kind of like just allowed me to just read as much as I can and enjoy it. And sort of um, the anxiety was just something that I just had to deal with. And there was the distraction of of lockdown as well, where yeah. like I thought, okay, cool. So I'm. We're all being delayed right now. Um you both touched on and I don't know if there's room for it. I would really want to explore this form of um 
the, the, the dying in. So it just stopped. There's like a point where there's just like an absolute standstill. And if it's not the support mechanisms around you, then at some point you're going to have to get back on and just keep, keep moving and keep pushing. I wonder, because both of you are like kind of in this kind of multi, it's not just, it doesn't just sit as poems. You know, Caleb introduced himself as filmmaker and bro, you make sick films. <laughs> it's for a reason. Do you know what I mean? Knee photography. Do you know what I mean? Like your 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 even some of your I know in 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 relation to your recent collection as well. Like, but he's trying to this the the the, the sexy pics out in these streets. Like, I saw I saw that. Guy. I, I be seeing. I be seeing. Burning. Get <laughs> <laughs> me. And it's good. You oh, have man. to you have to keep people on their toes. You have to Listen, make sure people understand. That's what time on. is. I feel like there was a flex that Nee and Roger were trying to just go with online with their portraits here that weren't it. even. Bro, I'm like, are they taking liberties? You like They're about to try to make me work. Nee, I know your so, DMs are flooded right now. <laughs> just had to really just show 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 the. Show the community who the real rock stars are. Is, <laughs> is the the cross arts of photography and visuals, are they as integral um, to just your state of, of being as your poems are? Like, Paul has a mix of photography in there. Um, Nee, you've spoken about visuals and, and they, they, it seems like there's a conversation to be had um, just generally so is it something that is important to you and is it something that you both feel like you want to see more of in the, in the future from 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 authors or just trying or authors being more daring should I say like yeah is yeah 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 go for it um, I mean I, I think authors should express themselves as fully as they can mm. that's basically it the, the, the medium the medium doesn't really matter. It's like, are you being your full self or are you curating yourself to fit what you think the world wants to receive? And I think if you do that, you're impoverishing both yourself and, and the world that consumes your art. Um, and so it's about having that. And, and, and it's about having that confidence to be yourself fully. I think that's mm-hmm. it. Um, that means that you will clash with the industry because the industry tends to like its standards, mm. you know, its standard boxes that it wants to fit people in. So if you're doing a book, I'm sure Caleb will have, will, will have some, something to say about how perhaps when he sent, he sent the manuscript with photographs, the initial response would have been. But So it's, it's understanding that you will have to fight battles if you want to express yourself in that way. Mm. Um, but be prepared to do it, you know, so... Um, so, I mean, I was having discussions with people tree about, you know, just about how to adjust the darkness of the cover image, you know, cause I'm like, I took this photograph and this is how I see it. Yeah. So you might do it this way because you're, you're trying to illuminate something, but I'm trying to create like a gap between what can be seen and what can't be seen, which is to reflect a larger kind of narrative and metaphor about the collection, which is about, you know, what you see, what you don't see type of thing, right? Um, and which is, sorry, which inherently is what we're trying to do as poets anyway. Yes, indeed, indeed. Mm. So 
yeah, so, you know, there's, there's that. I think it's just the confidence to express yourself. All right, folks, ha, we've reached the end of part one of this conversation. Join us for part two in the next episode of Apples and Snakes, the podcast. I've been your host, Yomi Shode, and I hope you've enjoyed today's deep dive into the lives of black British poets and creatives. Big ups to audio producer Drew Hawley at the Lab Studios. If you want to find out more about Apples and Snakes, head over to www.applesandsnakes.org and follow Apples and Snakes on all social media channels. And remember, if you like what you're hearing, please, please, please subscribe wherever you would usually listen to your podcast and rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.